we love you. We thank you, Lord, for indeed you are great and you are greatly to be praised. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your favor. You have been so good to us. You have done so much for us. We pause and we just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You are wonderful and you are worthy. And we give you praise and glory for who you are, for all that you've done. And all God's people said, let's give Jesus a hand clap of praise and thanksgiving and honor. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Woo. Amen. We got a lot to be thankful about, don't we? Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Well, welcome to the house of the Lord. So good to see everybody out. What a good God. Amen. Good God. And we are a blessed people. It doesn't take us much to think about what to praise Him for. We've been so blessed. Children, you are dismissed to Children's Church. Amen. And if you have your Bibles, if you'd run over to Mark's Gospel, chapter number 10. Mark's Gospel, chapter number 10. As you know, we've been in a short four-sermon series on four attributes of God. We've covered the love of God. We've covered the power of God. And now surrounding Thanksgiving, this morning we'll look at the goodness of God. And then next Sunday we'll talk about the faithfulness of God. So if you have your Bibles, if you would go to Mark's Gospel, chapter 10, just reading two verses there, and then we'll go to the Psalms. Verses 17 and 18. The Bible says, As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell at his knees before him and said, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus answered, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. Now let's go to Psalm 107, verse 1. Psalm 107 and, and verse 1. And the Bible says, Give thanks to the Lord. For he is good. His love or mercy endures forever. And now if you go to Psalm 119, verse 68. Psalm 119 and verse 68. The Bible says, speaking of God, you are good and what you do is good. Teach me your decrees. I want to talk this morning about the goodness of God. Again, in past weeks, we, we've covered the love of God, the power of God. Next week, we'll look at the faithfulness of God. But this week, this morning, we're going to talk about the good God, the, the, the goodness of God. Yeah, I still love that old children's song. God is so good. God is so good, so good to me. Amen. Has he been good to you? Amen. You better believe it. You're still here, aren't you? You're still breathing. That's right. Amen. So when we say God is good. We're saying something admirable, something attractive, something praiseworthy. In the Bible, good generally speaks of both a moral quality and a generosity. Who he is and what he does. God is good and what God does is good. God is good. His, his moral attributes are good. Perfect holiness and mercy and kindness. His motivations, his love, his, his grace. And then his generosity. What he does and how he gives. He, there's no blemish, there's no imperfection in God. 
Again, we could define goodness here. The collective perfections of his nature. Take all the parts of God's nature. They're good. They're pure. There's no flaw in them. And then also the benevolence or the generosities of his acts. What God does over and over. They're good. They're good. From giving us air to breathe, giving us friends to walk through life, to giving us salvation in eternity, in our future. So, number one, the nature of God is good. He's morally perfect. First John said, God is light, and in him there's no darkness at all. It says of Jesus that Jesus came again um, to take away sin, and in Jesus there was no sin. God is light. There's no imperfection in God. The nature of God is good. God is good in who he is. And God is good by what he does. He's kind. He's cordial. He's benevolent. He's full of goodwill towards men. Again, we read Psalm 119 and 68. He is good, and what he does is good. A.W. Tozer wrote some years ago, the whole outlook of mankind might be changed if we could all believe that we dwell under a friendly sky and that the God of heaven, though exalted in power and majesty, is eager to be friends with us. That's why be ye reconciled is the cry of heaven and the message of the church. Our message and our ministry, according to 2 Corinthians 5, is a ministry of reconciliation, calling lost men to come back to peace with their maker, for he has made a way. For in his great love he sent his only begotten son to do what we could never do for ourselves. He bridged the gap. He tore down the barrier. He made a way where we who were lost and stray and rebellious could be made right and pure, And in proper place with God Almighty, we thank the Lord for that this morning. Our message, our ministry. God took man who was separated and strayed, and he made a way for them to return and be restored unto himself. God is good. God is good. Yet, God is good. Yet, we live in a time when his goodness is too often questioned, ignored, rejected. Now, that's not a new problem. Go back to the very beginning in Genesis in the garden. The devil accuses God of being selfish. He's not good, Eve. He's keeping something from you. His motives. He's got ulterior motives, Eve. Don't listen to him. He's not good. But we know the devil is a liar. Can you say amen? The devil is a liar and God is good. And God always has our best interest in mind. He can be trusted at all times. And in all circumstances, God is good. Therefore, his ways are good. Let's follow them. His plans and his purposes are good. Let's pursue them. His commandments, even his ordained trials are good if they're from God. His delays, his denials, even his thou shall not. They're good if they're God. Closed doors, open doors, delayed doors. You get the picture. If it's God, it is. Now our definition of good might have to be adjusted just a bit after the study. But it's so important as Christians that our worldview, our outlook, our perspective, the way we see things, our belief system for both life and certainly for God should come from the word of God. Not the culture, not, not the foolishness of this age. Again, God is good and what he does is good. In creation, it is good. When he made man, it is very good. 
But someone asked the question, what about, good question, fair question, what about tragedies and inconsistencies? What about sorrows and things we can't explain? Well, we do live in a fallen world. It's a contaminated world. The ripple effects rub off on all of us, affect all of us. The fall affects us all. And we thank God it won't always be like this. We thank God we're going to a place. There'll be no more drunk drivers. We're going to a place. There'll be no more cancers. We're going to a place. But now, but now in the present reality, there is disease and there is death. There is war and there's strife and there's accident. There's heartache. There's pain. There's injustice. It touches everyone. But it's not because God is not good. But it's because men aren't good. You see, just because God is good doesn't mean bad things won't happen. We know that, sure enough. He made the world good. But men have made their choices, have sown their seed, have chosen their way, their values, their lifestyle, their priorities, their morality. Whether it's polluting the water in the skies that affects so many people in so many ways. Maybe it's ignoring the moral law of God and bringing the reaping that it comes. Maybe it's the selfish choices or it's the violent responses. Maybe it's the practice of irresponsible, oppressive behavior. Oh, yeah. There is an enemy and there is a fallen humanity. But God is still good. And his will for his people is good, good, very good. Can you say amen? Five truths this morning about the goodness of God. Number one, we must define good by God's standard. Let's look at the PowerPoint. Notice what the PowerPoint teaches. The issue of goodness. Here we got to get this. The issue of goodness is its source, not its experience. We'll, we'll, we'll develop that a little later. But the issue of goodness. Because we were going to define good by God's standard. Not by Fox's standard. Not, not, not by the, the, the jokers you hang out with standard. Not, no, no, no. We're going we're gonna to have to define good by the Bible standard. Come on. You got to make sure I got you where I want you. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord. The goodness of God is the standard by which anything called good must be judged. Because God is good. Whatever is not from him. What doesn't agree with his nature his word, his will, it can't be good. It doesn't matter how good something looks or how good it makes you feel. If it's not from God, it's not. Don't be deceived. Remember Eve. It looked good. It looked pleasant. Even tasted pretty good. Oh, but was it good? No. The devil can make a person feel all right doing all wrong. But then wake up. Wake up. Eve woke up. Adam woke up. They're naked and ashamed. You see, it can feel good, but not be good. Anybody? And this is important where we live in an age where if it feels good or it's convenient or I can get away with it, then just do it. Justify it. Rationalize it. Let some knucklehead politician legalize it. But God still shakes his head and says, not good. 
We need to find out what God says is good and go after that. Amen. And not fool ourselves by our taste buds and our fallen natures, etc., etc. You know, back back in the 70s, I know some of you were around in the 70s. Not all of you. So you're just going to have to take our word for it. But some of you, you're wearing your bell-bottom jeans and your wide, you know, what is this, collar shirts and your polka dots. And well, what's that? What's that? What's that? Um, not, 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 oh, polyester all over. I know that. You still got that polyester suit somewhere. Won't let the wife sell it at the garage sale. Good Lord, sell it. Sell it. Get rid of it. It's not coming back in style. You had white belts about that thick. And you know what I'm... Oh, have mercy. But for those of you that were around in the 70s. Now, I know maybe you didn't hear it because you're sanctified and you don't know anything about secular music. But there was a song, a very popular song in the 70s that had a line in it. I'm going to make a point with this. It can't be wrong if it feels so. Oh, you listen to that music. <laughs> we'll preach about that next week. It, it can't be wrong if it feels so right. Now listen, listen. You, you know, how many know that kind of thinking will get you in trouble? The song said it can't be wrong if it feels so right. I want someone to know that kind of thinking will ruin your marriage. It'll destroy your health. It'll mar your reputation. It'll empty your bank account. It'll disqualify you from God's plan and God's purpose. It'll wreak havoc on your emotions. But the devil says, look at this apple. It is tasty. It feels good. Go ahead, Jesus. I'll make you Lord. You don't have to do a cross. You don't have to obey the Father's plan. Just jump in bed and forget the marriage vows. Ain't no point in us preaching about movies. That's, that was 1940 stuff. Everyone's gone and seen Bambi. We better hit what the generation needs to hit. Isn't that right? That's it. You know. Hallelujah. Jesus said to the rich young ruler, the only thing that can be called good is that which had its source in God. God is the standard. Not the feeling. Not the experience. Certainly not the temporary benefit. Someone says, but it felt good. But in the end, it didn't bring good and it won't bring good if it's not God. Whether there's a temporary benefit or there's a human agreement, that doesn't make it good. I remember the Tower of Babel. They had the human majority, but they had heaven's rejection. Someone said, everybody's doing it. But God's having none of it. The question about every act and every what's God saying? What's God saying? But so so don't care what's what's God saying. Let's go right to the bottom line. What's God saying? We're going to define good. We're going to define good. It's so important in the present hour not to allow this world to redefine or define good. To switch price tags. Of values and right and wrong. Note takers Isaiah 5 and verse 20. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. And we live in such an age, don't we? We, we live in such an age. Talking to saint and sinner alike this morning. Remember that temporal satisfaction is not greater 
than eternal reward or heaven's approval. And as a Christian, at all times, in all things, let us strive for heaven's approval. That's what matters. Individual feelings and rights, we love our rights. Don't love your rights so much that you're going to miss heaven. Don't hold on to your rights as a human being so much that you're going you're to go to hell. Individual feelings and rights, they're, they're, they're not more important than God's will and God's glory. And as Christians, we have to remember, we're not our own. We're bought with a price. We belong to Him. It's what pleases Him. It's what honors Him. I'm the second one in this relationship. He's the first. I have to remember that my comfort, my personal convenience, must never be valued above Christ's purpose and Christ's plan and Christ's honor. We've made anything uncomfortable. Even if it's God, we say it's not good, but if it's God, it's good. Abraham had a weight, but it was good. Because God was working his plan and God was preparing his vessel. Jacob had a wrestle with a heavenly wrestler, but it was good. Because in that wrestling, he was transformed and he was made into a brand new man. David was on the run. He was a wanted man. The, the anointed of the Lord had to be in the caves, being prepared to rule the one God called. It was good. Joseph had to go to a dungeon because of a dream. But it was good. Because in the dungeon, God prepared him for diadems and to rule. It was good. Abraham was 40 years on the backside of a desert. But it was good. Because God was getting him ready to lead his people and bring deliverance to those that were enslaved. You see, the issue of goodness is its source, not its experience. Are you getting that? Do your homework. Eat your vegetables. Get those tests. Especially you men, after you're 50, every five or ten years. They don't feel good, but it's good. It's not comfortable, but it's good. Homework is boring, but it's good. Eat your vegetables. I don't mean with two pounds of butter and bacon on the top of it. But it's good. See, some things don't feel good, but they are good. Can you say amen to that? So what's God saying? What's God's desire? What's God? All right. James 1 and 17. Let's look at this together. James 1 and 17. The Bible says every good, every good, every, every, every good and perfect gift. Where is it from? From above. Coming down from the father of heavenly lights who does not change. You see, if it was Bible in 1945, guess what? It's Bible today. Amen. If, if it was a thou shalt not 1932, guess what? It's a thou shalt not. But this God doesn't change. And his goodness is his goodness. And that hasn't varied like the changing shadows. Hallelujah. Number one, we must define good by God's standard. We're talking about giving God thanks for his goodness this morning. As Thanksgiving comes and we praise him for how good he's been. But I'm afraid that some places we've, we've lost fact of what good really is. And we, we do things and say they're good and God says they're not good. We ignore things that God say is good because we don't understand what real goodness is. So number one, we'll define goodness. Where is God in it? 
What's the source of this? Does it glorify God? Does it please God? Because if it doesn't, then it's not good. But if it pleases God, the psalmist says, it was good that you afflicted me, for now I obey your decrees. Wow. Oh, my. Number two, number two, God's goodness is expressed in his attributes or in his person. Let's talk about this. The goodness of God is expressed in and through who he is, his characteristics. In other words, you and I can know God is good simply by looking at who he is. Let's explain this. Moses one time asked to see God's glory. It's a beautiful couple of chapters, Exodus 33, 34, where Moses says, God, if you don't go with us, we're not budging. How will anyone know we're your people if you're present? So I don't want your angel. I don't just want your, your, your stick. I don't want you. I want you, God. I want you, God. And then uh, in response, Moses says, God, I want to see your glory. And in response, God says to Moses, I will cause my goodness to pass in front of you. And when it happens, God, in essence, says, look at my character. You want to see my glory? I'm going to show you my goodness. Look at my character. This is what my goodness is. And we have all been blessed by the goodness of God in our lives. We've all been blessed by the various expressions and workings of the goodness of God in our life. Because I'll tell you, friends, it would be a frightening thing to have a great God that was not a good God. Let's read a couple of verses and then we'll expound. We're talking about the goodness of God. How are some of the chief ways that God, we see the goodness of God. We recognize the goodness of God. God has revealed his goodness to us. Here we go. In um, Exodus 33, 18 and 19. 33 and 18 and 19. If we could read that. Oh, we'll take it right from there. Uh, Here we go. Moses says, now show me your glory. I want to see your glory. And God didn't get wacky. There was no angel dust. God didn't get wacky. All right? Didn't see anyone's feathers. No, no wackiness. God says, I'm going to show you who I am. If you can learn who God is, everything else will be all right. All right, show me your glory. What happens next? What happens next? Verse 19. And the Lord said, I'm going to cause my goodness. You want to see my glory? It's in my goodness. I will cause my goodness to pass in front of you. And as my goodness passes, I'm going to proclaim my name. I'm going to tell you who I am. And the Lord says, I'll have mercy on whom I have mercy, compassion on whom I have compassion. Now, 34 and verse 6, it finally happens. God finally reveals himself and he comes before Moses. Acts 34 and 6. And then he passes in front of Moses, proclaiming, you want to see my goodness? You see my glory? Here it is. The Lord, the Lord, compassionate, grace, slow, patient, slow to anger. Abounding in love. Abounding in faithfulness. God says, you want to see my goodness? You want to see my glory? I'll show you my goodness. What's the goodness of God? God says, number one, my goodness is expressed in my patience. Has God ever been patient with you? He says, you want to see the goodness of God? We say God is good because God is patient. God is slow to anger and God is full of mercy. God's patience is mentioned in context with his goodness more than any other attribute. We know that the Bible says in 2 Peter that God is patient. He's not willing for any to perish. Sometimes we wonder, well, why why does God let this go on? Why doesn't God just finally deal with this? Because in his goodness, he's patient with men, wanting them to wake up and come back. 
Paul said, I was the worst of sinners, but God was patient with me. God used me. The great apostle Paul says, I was a wicked sinner, but God saved me as a, as a, as a, an expression, example of his patience that others would believe. God's expressed his goodness by being so patient with all of us. We could spend the rest of the day just giving God thanks for his patience. He didn't give me what I wanted. He didn't give me what I deserved. Oh, my Lord, have mercy. I thank God that he didn't give up on us. I thank God that he didn't give us what we deserved. I thank God that when we missed it, maybe you didn't miss it, but I've missed it. When you've missed it or when you stumbled, he didn't automatically just reject you or deny you or disqualify. But in his patience, he waited for us to wake up. He waited for us to turn around. He waited for us to finally get our head out of the sand and come to ourselves and say, oh, God, forgive me. God's a good God because God's a patient God. Has God been patient with you? Let's be patient with one another. Somebody say amen. He goes on. He says, my goodness is expressed in my compassion. My God. He's literally compassion. It means I'm moved towards you. He has a feeling and a heart towards you. God's compassion. He's a good God. And in that goodness, he's a compassionate God, which means he has feelings towards you. He has feelings towards me. His heart was moved to come after us. So many times we've seen the Gospels that the heart of Jesus was moved with compassion. He saw people that were sheep without a shepherd. He saw people that were broke, busted, and disgusted, and the disciples like just send them away with the heart of Jesus. I'm so glad the heart of God has moved. You might be here today, and you're playing games, and you think you're fooling God, and you're not fooling anyone, but God in His mercy has compassion towards you. And the only reason the floor hasn't fallen out is because God in His patience and mercy and compassion wants you to come back, and wants you to return, and wants you to give God a chance to forgive you, and turn your life around. Somebody say amen. In our needy state, in our rebellious attitude, it didn't repel God away from us, but it actually drew God closer to us, and it caused Him to seek us. Jesus came to seek, to save that which was lost. I was lost. Anybody else lost? He came and He called us, and He came after us. He sent His Son to apprehend us, to rescue us. And I thank God this morning that the heart of heaven is still moved towards us. God's heart is still moved towards you. Respond to the compassion of the Lord. Respond to the goodness of God. If you're hearing my voice, don't put it off any longer. Today is your day. Respond, respond, respond. Talking about God is good. The Bible says one way God expresses his goodness is in his patience. Another way is in his compassion. Another way, it's in his grace. The gracious God. Undeserved favor. Undeserved kindness. God is so good. He sent his only begotten son to die for you and to die for me. The Bible says Jesus came full of grace and truth. Amazing grace. Grace that came to us and saved us. A grace that's worked such a work in our lives and transformed. Come on, we can't even recognize ourselves if we go back 20, 30 years. My God, this grace didn't just save me. This grace has worked and transformed me. I'm not the person I used to be. Anybody, come on now. I'll just ask your wife. She'll give me the testimony. Amen. No, I say to some of you men, your wife gets blessed. You don't know how far God's taking them. Good job, man. Keep it up. Let God keep taking you. Grace. That grace came to us. 
And most of us weren't even looking. <laughs> that, that, that grace changed us. Help us overcome a lot of faults and a lot of, and that grace is still flowing through us. Helping us to live this life and do God's will. I'm telling you, God is a good God. He's a God of grace. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord. The Bible says he was abounding in love. Moses, you want to see my glory? No, you know, when I can get knocked down, you're going to learn something about God. I'll show you my goodness. My goodness is expressed in my patient. I'm patient. I'm patient. That's why he's waiting for us to preach the gospel to every nation. He doesn't want to have to judge. He'd rather save. He's patient. He's been patient with us. He's compassionate. His heart has moved towards us. He's not a God that's indifferent. He's a God that cares very much for you. He's a God that cares very much for you. He's a good God. A compassionate God. Full of grace. Full of grace. Listen, he's so good that you don't have to earn it. You just receive it. He's so good that he realized we can't earn it. So he gives it to whosoever will come and receive it. Oh, my goodness. The goodness of God is expressed in the abounding love of God. Not a mere emotional impulse, but something rational and voluntary and affection. Unlike the gods of the heathen that hate and angry. Unlike the gods of philosophy that are cold and indifferent. God is love. He initiated this love. He demonstrates his love. And nothing can separate you and I from his love. Moses, Moses, do you want to see my glory? I'll show you my goodness. My goodness is revealed and expressed in my patience. In my compassion. Anybody been a, a, a recipient of God's compassion? Of my grace. Of my love. And Moses, in my faithfulness. The lap in his faithfulness. Faithful to my word. Faithful to my people. Praise God, he changes not. Faithful in how he provided for us. Faithful in all the marvelous things he's done for us. Faithful. Whether it's the family or the job or the roof or the help or the skills of the faithful. How many times did the Lord come through for us? How many times when doctors shook their head or others walked out, Jesus walked in and he came through faithful, totally reliable, dependable, consistent, committed. There's a lot of things in this world you can't trust as far as you can throw them and you can't even pick them up. But the Lord is faithful and the Lord is dependable and the Lord is always consistent. Can you say amen? We say God is good. We're saying God is faithful. The good God is a faithful God. Come on, Christian, hasn't that truth been a comfort and a strength throughout this journey for you? And that's why, like David, in Psalm 27, many of us have said, Psalm 27, verse 13, I love it, surely (laughs) I would have fainted. I would have given up. I would have said, this is for the birds. You can have this religion. Surely I would have fainted unless I had believed. 
I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Oh man, David, even when you're anointed, they accused him, they lied about him, they tried to trip him up, they tried to afflict him, and David says, through it all, it was unfair, it was unkind, here I was trying to do God's will, but all I got was ugly in return, and part of the old me would have said, give up, and circumstances said, give in, but something deep inside said, no, there's one thing I know, Life might not always be good, but God is good. And in His goodness, He's a faithful God who will bring me through and carry me on and make a way where there seems to be no way. Somebody, you might be facing a situation you don't know where to turn. Hang on and look up and let Jesus steer the ship. He'll bring you through. He'll make things happen. He'll work His good work in your life. Somebody say amen. Because he's faithful. He's faithful. God is good. That means God is faithful. Look out, devil. You're a liar. You can try what you want, but I'm held by the hands of heaven. I'm led by the Lord God Almighty. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not. Won't want. Won't want for comfort. Won't want for counsel. Won't want for protection. Won't want for provision. I won't want. I know a healer. His name is Jesus. I know a deliverer. His name is Jesus. I know a provider. His name is Jesus. I know a protector. His name is Jesus. I know a peace that passes understanding. His name is. I know a wonderful counselor. I know a mighty God. I know a rock in a weary land. I know a river that'll never run dry. Somebody, if you know Jesus, you got it. You got it. You got it. He's a good Savior. He's a loving Savior. He's a faithful Savior. Somebody say amen. God is good. He's been good when he broke me. He's been good when he pruned me. He's been good when he said no to me. God's a good God. I look back now and say, Lord, thank you. You didn't answer that prayer, man. God, you were good. I didn't see your goodness back then. I grumbled that you didn't give me that, this, that. But now looking back, oh, God, you were good. Whew. Whew. And oh, Lord, I really deserved that then. Oh, oh, I wasn't even serving you. But God, you were merciful to me. Even when I wasn't trying to do good, you've been good. You look back and see God was good even when you weren't good. Isn't that right? God is good. And what he does is good. He's good. And his patience. Oh, I'm so glad he's been patient with me. I needed a lot of patience. And any of you men, when you were young, were knuckleheads? Anyway, yeah, I know. God was patient. Wasn't he patient? We're here today because God was patient, not because we figured it all out. Amen. We wouldn't have figured nothing out if God wasn't patient, patient, compassionate. That's the heart of God. Wow. The love, the grace, the faithfulness. Oh, my. Oh, my. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We talk about the definition of good. Good has to be defined from its source, not its feeling. So we look at what's God. Where's God in it? If it's good, it comes from God. Can God bless it? Secondly, we see how God expresses his goodness. We say God's a good God. Well, he said that, Moses, I'm going to show you my goodness. And when God revealed his goodness, these beautiful attributes were the things he expressed. This is part of my goodness to you. I'm patient. I'm loving. I'm faithful. I'm compassionate. 
I'm full of grace. Now, God's goodness is also demonstrated in his provision, both in the natural and, of course, in the spiritual. 1 Timothy 4 and 4 gives us a verse we'll look at. 1 Timothy, for everything that God created is and nothing is to be rejected if it's received with thanksgiving. There's a word for you. Big ziti. It is good. Rice and beans. It is good. That fish fry. It is good. Amen. Yeah, it's good. God give it to us. Isn't that right? Earthly provisions. The benevolence of God. God deals bountifully. Tenderly, kindly with his creation. Whether it's, it's the sparrows or his sons. He showers us. He provides for us. God is good for us. But as we look at 1 Timothy 4, you know, God not only created you, he created everything for you. He didn't just create plants and animals, fish, to have them around. He created them for the benefit of mankind. And all the fishermen and hunters said, Amen. Praise the Lord. You see, according to the Bible, it's a sin not to enjoy the goodness of God. So if you can't have a good laugh, something wrong. It's a sin not. God said, I made it all for you to enjoy it. Did he say that? Everything God made created is good and nothing is to be rejected. Receive it with thanksgiving. God give it to you. Bless God for it. What Paul's trying to say here is this, listen, enjoy God's goodness. Enjoy God's goodness. Don't feel bad about being happy. You are happy. Be blessed. You're the children of God. And God's a good God that has blessed you. Enjoy God's goodness and give God praise for it. Whether it's water slides or watermelons. A meal at Fred's or a beautiful sunset over the Gulf. Our children's laughter, our spouse's smile. Those grandbabies ripping open those Christmas gifts. The beauty of his creation. The warmth of friendship and fellowship. The privileges of the freedoms we have. The benefits and blessings of being citizens, not only of earth, but of heaven. Oh, yeah. God is saying, don't, don't just say in the good times, this is good. Paul's is saying, ah, uh, God is good. Enjoying that stuffed turkey, smoked turkey, whatever you're doing with your turkey. And you're on that third plate. Stop. Hey, hang on. Don't just say, mmm, that potato pie was good. Say, you know what? God has been good. God has been good. When you see the little ones rip open those gifts in about a few weeks, don't just say, oh, God, God is good. Don't just say, this is good. God has been good to us. He's blessed us. Oh, my, 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 my. There's the, the earthly blessings that we should not just, it's good, but God, recognize God is the source of all these wonderful blessings. God created things. What God created is something good. And we're to receive it and be thankful for it, the Bible says. Earthly and then heavenly. Obviously, we give God thanks that we have the privileges of being sons and daughters of God. We want to be thankful for the great salvation we have in Jesus. We want to be thankful for the blood of Jesus and the throne of grace and the word of God. 
the privilege of prayer and praise, the assurance of heaven, the authority of the believer. Bless the Lord, O my soul, in all that is within me. Bless his holy name and forget not all his benefits. Think of the benefits. Count the benefits. Give God praise and thanks for the benefits. He forgives us and he heals us. He redeems us and he crowns us and he lifts us. Oh, what a good God. I mean, we can go on all day. Isn't that right? Pastor Veach used to sing that song, count your blessings, weigh them ton by ton. Amen. Because if you've walked with God, you've been blessed. Amen. For God is a good God. So we step back. It's Thanksgiving. Don't feel bad about being blessed. Just make sure you give God praise for being blessed. Share the blessing. Give God praise for the blessing. Hallelujah. You know, God. We've defined God's goodness. We've looked at how God expresses his goodness through his characteristics and his attributes. We know that God provides his goodness is expressed in his provision. Earthly provisions, spiritual provisions. But you know, the the truth of the matter about the goodness of God is this. God's goodness is not equal. God is good to all people some ways, but he's good to some in all ways. It certainly depends if you're a son or daughter. See, See, God's good to creation in general, but he's very good to those that serve him and those that love him, and those that walk with him. So as we get to this last thought or two, now this is really only talking to believers now. So if you're not a believer, you need to become a believer. But either way, let's check this out. God's goodness, as we've already noted, transcends, doesn't eliminate, but transcends the negative. In this world, there's troubles. In this world, there's trials. In this world, there's injustice. In this world, there's a lot of things that are not good because man chose to do certain things. Amen? So we know that even though God is good, the world we live in isn't always good. God's goodness doesn't eliminate that until we get to glory, but it will transcend it as we walk with him. Romans 8 and 28, most are familiar And we know that all things work together for good for them that who? Now, you don't love God. They're not talking to you. Called according to his purpose. You're not walking with him. This this does not, it's not for you. You see, as a Christian, even in the topic of the goodness of God, we have to have a big picture, eternal view of everything if we're going to get the proper picture of it. You see, as a Christian, your negative circumstances will never have the last word. I'll say that again. If you're a Christian, your negative circumstances will never have the last word. Can't say that to the rebel. Can't say that to the unbeliever because his negative circumstances will have the last word. And though you and I, we can't always grasp or come to grip with the negatives of life. We weep our tears. We comfort one another. But we know that this time of life is really but a vapor. Short time. And it's a time where the fall of man 
And the ripple effects of sin and rebellion affect everyone and everything, no matter who you are or how many times you pray in tongues. Can you say amen? We all get touched by it. And that's why being a committed Christian is the most important thing you could ever be. Because even if your world is falling apart, the story is not over. Because God's going to bring you through. God, as he promised, is going to take you to a better place. There is something real called eternal life, abundant life. A life without these heartaches and these injustices and these There's going another place. Sorrow may endure for the night, for this present hour. There are sorrows, there are heartaches. But the Bible says joy is coming in the morning of eternity. We'll cry no more those tears. We'll ache no more with that pain. So you're a child of God and you're passing through this time. But God is with you. And his grace will be sufficient. And God's going to have the final word in your life. And God's got another chapter to write in your life. His goodness, it, it transcends the negative. It doesn't eliminate it, but it'll even work through it, but it's taking us beyond it. There's coming a day when there'll be no more negative. There's coming a day there'll be no more domestic abuse. There's coming a day there'll be no more addiction. There's coming a day for those that love God. Well, this, this dispensation of time, it's a vapor, the Bible says. It's just a mist. In, in the scale of eternity, you can live to be a hundred. It's nothing compared to eternity. And so stay faithful here. Keep loving Jesus here. Even if times are hard here, just remember, this is not forever. We're going to a better place. And in that place, there'll be no more negative. There'll be no more sorrow. There'll be no more... Amen. God is working. I know at times it's hard to see, but we trust by faith. And like that cross, if you and I were to look at it on Friday, we'd see nothing but sorrow and discouragement and confusion. But if we came back on Sunday, (laughs) we'd realize God's not done writing the book yet. Can you say amen? I want you to remember that about the goodness of God. God's taken us to a place. God's taken us to a place. It won't always be like this. Hang on to Jesus. Hang on to Jesus. And we talk about how good God's been. And we all count our blessings. We look at the natural blessings. We remember the spiritual blessings. We give God praise for the blessings of now. We give God praise by faith of the wonderful blessings that are to come. Amen? And while we think about all that, the goodness of God, meditating on that goodness, acknowledging that goodness, ought to cause us to praise him. Ought to cause us to pause and just give him thanks for that. To recognize that by the grace of God, we are where we are. We are who we are. It's because God's been good to us, we stand here today. Like the preacher of old said, devil should have killed me when he had me, but it's too late now. <laughs> it's too late now. Amen. Because God's been good. Even when I wasn't good. Even when I wasn't attempting to be good. Even when I didn't want the goodness of God. He was still good. And I'm going to praise him for it. And I'm going to recognize every good thing I have ever had is come from the heart and hand of God. I'm going to bless them for those little ones. Amen. 
I'm going to bless them for that job that provides. I'm going to bless them for the help. I'm going to bless him. And even when I go through times that are stretching me and developing me, I'm going to recognize God's making me better in this. God's taking me deeper in this, and I'm going to thank him. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Let's think of the blessings of God's protections and God's smile and God stood with us. As we come to the end, we just want to stand and give God praise and just thank the Lord. Thanksgiving week is upon us. We take time and just think of the goodness of God and give him thanks for his goodness. Spiritual things, natural things, eternal things, temporal things. If God's been good to you, then you can think about some things right off the top of your head. Don't take hard. We're a blessed people. Then let's stand and we sing this final song. We're going to praise him and just give him thanks. Oh, we're going to give God thanks. We're going to give him thanks. And if you're here today and you've been ignoring God's goodness, today's the day to respond to it. If you need prayer, we'll pray with you as